Hello everyone and welcome to episode 410 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week. Kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. How are you this fine Monday, Richard? Hey Seth, good morning, good morning. I'm doing well. How are you uh-huh. doing? I am doing spectacularly. We got a fun topic for today, I think. But before we get into that, we got another co-host in Graham. Graham, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Uh, doing all right. Pretty excited to <laughs> open up today's topics. <laughs> so so we have reached the kind of the holiday season. There's not a ton going on this month in the magic world as far as like new sets or spoilers or even tournaments. So we were trying to think of a, of a fun topic that wasn't so much based on the news of the week because there just wasn't really that much news this week. And we decided that today we're going to talk about our Magic the Gathering hot takes. So we each have come prepared with a few hot takes. Maybe they're Ooh. a little controversial. And then we will talk about those takes as we go along. So we're basically dedicating the entire cast to hot takes and if you got a hot take and you're listening to this someplace between comment let us know your hot takes in the comments as well because i'd love to hear what y'all think but before we get into it a reminder that today's show is brought to you by card conduit and card conduit they were the easiest way to sell your magic cards if you're tired of all the hassles that go into selling your cards well card conduit lets you skip all the typing all the time all the effort with their curated service you can send as many cards as you want as long as they have a buy list value of a dollar or more and pay just a 5% service fee. And if you want to pay in a bit of work on your end, you can use their sorted service where you list and sort your cards in advance and pay just a 2% fee. And no matter which option you choose, you're going to get a detailed report with the results in a fast payment once your order is processed. And right now, you can even get another 10% off if you head over to cardconduit.com slash mtgoldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. So thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk some magic hot takes. So Richard, I think this was, you're the one that pitched this idea originally. So I'm going to go right to you first. <laughs> give us, give us a hot take, Richard. All right. I got all kinds of hot takes. <laughs> uh, no one should care about what Richard Garfield thinks. Oh, I thought you were going to say no one should care yes. about what yeah, Richard, Richard plays. Yeah. yeah, like you're, you're, you're just starting that, that off. That is the hottest of hot That is actually true. But everyone's always like, oh, you know, Richard Garfield said X, Y, Z, you know, and it agrees with me. Therefore, Wizards is wrong. Or, you know, what would Richard Garfield do? Or magic as Richard Garfield intended uh, as a meme. But he created the game 30 years ago. Like... The internet didn't exist, man. Like, I mean, I guess it technically existed, right? Like, it's so long ago. And he's been so far removed from the game that I don't know why people care about what he thinks. And if you really if you really want to know what he thinks, uh, look at Artifact, the game that no longer exists, right? That that the was him recreating the a TCG uh, <laughs> in, you know, in modern days, right? Uh, the man originally created loot boxes, Right, your your rarities and having an incomplete collection and playing with what you got, you know, loot boxes. He created them, right? So yes, the game is great, but many people have contributed to over the years. He is so far removed from it. I don't know why we always care about what he thinks. Uh, I mean, I know why because like he says something you agree with, and you're like, ah, but the creator of magic agrees with me. Therefore, I'm right, right? But like, who cares what he thinks? Uh, people like I... hold him on a pedestal, and like, yeah, he's. He's a cool guy, and he, he did create our game, right? But, like, that's in the past. Like, move on, right? Like, you should be crediting Morrow or for everything good or bad that happens to the game, right? Not Richard Garfield anymore. Like, it, it's long gone. I do. So, as Mark Go. Rosewater, w- w- like, as Mark Rosewater intended. <laughs> as Mario intended, yeah. 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 yeah, okay, okay. As Worth intended. <laughs> I mean. Uh, boy, that is a hot take. <laughs> I, I'll like, be honest with you. I might be like, you know, like out of touch here, but like, do people actually like people say it, right? Like people say that, you know, as Richard Garfield intended thing as a meme, right? And maybe there there are those that like genuinely like, like believe in that's fine too. But like, do people actually still care or, or is it just more of a meme? I think people do. There was like just a, a thing where they interviewed him from Vegas, actually, at the Magic 30 thing. And right, he said right. some stuff about like focusing on players over collectors or whatever. And that was like a really big deal that a lot of people were talking about. So at least in some cases, I think 
his words do still carry a lot of weight. For me, it's like kind of a mixed bag. On one hand, I and I well, I guess this is kind of a hot take. Is he just coasting on making one good game 30 years ago? I was looking through the list of Garfield games, <laughs> oh, and it's no. like, it's like Yo, Dilbert. Did he, you know he made a Dilbert corporate shuffle card game? Like the list of games that he's made since Magic. There are King some of Tokyo or King are, of New yeah. York. Yeah, there are some. There are some winners. So uh, I think Soul Forge or whatever that one like got a little bit popular as a digital card game. Netrunner I've heard of before, Net, but then Net there's Runner. also just some like flops in there but i guess if you make 30 games some of them are going to be dilbert and some of them are going to be magic the gathering but he's never really had anything come close to magic right like he made magic 30 years ago magic is still going strong the rest of these games i don't know and the most recent big one was artifact which was like so hyped and then like the biggest flop like in the last five years or something like that game fell hard i i i think that like he does have like the games that he has made, right? They are pretty like one of them, obviously. Magic, magic is it's like a he only needed to land magic, I think. So yeah. I guess like like a like ha, like ha, having to have more games or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I think that's a, a, a big ask, right? Like that's but like. Dilbert, I don't know. Though. I mean, Dilbert. Dil- Dilbert, Dilbert. I have. Let's read a Dilbert game. In an attempt to not get us canceled, I think Richard Garfield is actually a good game designer. Like, like King of Tokyo. Yeah. Like, there are games that are still good. Most people like have one hit in their career and they're done. Right. So right. to have multiples, I think that's good. But like, this is his past project. I think. Right. Like, this was thirty years ago. Right. That was a great achievement. But you know, like, do do you? I don't know. Think of some like athlete who's retired, right? Like in their heyday, they were great. Now they're like sixty years old. They'll probably still beat you because because we're couch potatoes. But you know, compared to their modern day counterparts, they're not the same, right? Like they're they're out of shape. They're far removed from the game, right? So, I mean, not to diminish his accomplishments, he he did great things for Magic, and he has other great games. But those are in the past. We shouldn't be looking towards him for advice or, or anything really like whatever he says is a mixed bag right like i he made I, loot boxes do you really want more from the guy who made loot boxes I, but i but i really respect his opinion that the gameplay matters like that's something that he's brought up that thing that came out of yes. magic 30 like the gameplay matters you should be focused on players you should be focused on uh making a great game rather than focused on collectors and these you know high-end like monetizations strategies so that's something i really agree with maybe i'm falling into that same trap where like it's very easy to agree with him because he's saying what i already believe and i want to hear so i'm like yeah like you tell him richard garfield and if he was saying the opposite maybe i'd be like like who is this guy like you're all washed up now so maybe it's just that i tend to agree with him when it comes to these like design philosophy things so i can still definitely respect that and i have a lot of respect for what he has done for the game like this wouldn't exist without him but yeah, i don't know Here, here's the test if he came out and said Fortnite secret layer or the walking dead secret layer was the greatest thing to have ever happened to magic would you be like oh my god it's richard garfield let me think critically about this yeah. to make sure he is correct or would you be like uh he's washed let's move on <laughs> right yeah. is it no, I would I would definitely be in the he's wash category of that. So I think it is that I just agree with what with what he says most of the time. So he's like alchemy is where we should be headed. Digital <laughs> digital mechanics. Oh no. Thankfully he's never said those things, I don't think. But <laughs> oh. I, I I guess like I, I don't really know if that's a hot take or not, because outside of just the respect I've got for him and creating the game, right? Like I don't really follow what he says. I don't. I, I play his games, right? I've played him. I played Netrunner. I've How played, is Dilbert? I literally, okay, well, I haven't played Dilbert, <laughs> but uh, like, first off, I didn't know Dilbert existed. All right, and also, I don't even know if half the people know what Dilbert is anymore. I don't know, is Dilbert still around? <laughs> no, Dilbert's not even who, who around. Who reads newspapers? I don't know. Do like, any let me check for Saturday morning cartoon, uh, my newspaper, <laughs> like, whatever. Sunday morning newspapers. Yeah, yeah. My like, I, I, I just. <laughs> I, I just literally played like Kings of King of like New York or whatever like Tokyo last night. So I I don't know. I mean, I don't actually follow what he says. I don't know what he thinks. I mean, I know that he did do the the loot box thing and he kind of pretty much made that. But 
I I guess I kind of just saw it as everybody uses like his name as more of a a meme in itself, like but like I I don't actually follow him, so I I don't think I'm informed on that one to actually fully speak on whether or not I agree or disagree with this guy or you know what I mean. Like I I just don't know enough about Richard Garfield, and I don't Speaking think he speaks which, on magic that much anymore. Like it's pretty yeah. rare that there's like yeah. an interview with him directly about magic. So he doesn't he doesn't say that much to agree with or disagree with at this point. Well. I- Anytime I've seen an interview or or like I've heard anything about Richard Garfield, it seems a lot like a band that wants to step out of the shadow of their one hit wonder. Dilbert. Yeah. He's got to yeah, break like free Dilbert. from the Dilbert's so change. Dilbert, yeah. Dilbert's pushing through, you know? <laughs> so like I, I like, you know, and which is fine, right? Like, why would I go out on tour, talk about an album I wrote three years ago when I could talk about the one I've currently do you think he gets? On, right? Do you think he gets tired of it? Like how whatever Nirvana hated yes. their big hit, and they, yeah. like you know, your bands tend to like sometimes the song the fans want and you have to play every night is the fan is the song that the bands hate playing the most and are just so sick of. And like I wrote this thirty years ago, my soul dies every time I got to go on stage and play it, but I <laughs> I got to do it anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. <laughs> I I mean like right like because yeah like those bands like a lot of the the most popular hits aren't the ones they want to play. Yeah. Like, you know, that that recent album that you hate, that's probably more of the stuff they want to play because yeah. that's where they are as a musician. Yep. So can, can, can you imagine that? Like, imagine if you go around and everyone knows you and only knows you for some accomplishment you did 30 years ago, like middle school, I guess. And yeah. you're like... What about the 30 years of grinding I've done since then, right? How, you know, like uh, how I progress as a gameplay designer or whatever. But like, nah, 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 right? Like, remember that time 30 years ago, you made Shiv and Dragon. Can you sign my card? Yeah. Right? Like, it must be infuriating, right? Like, as a, yeah. as a creator. Uh, I, like, yeah, like the musician thing was like on point. It, it is, it is like, you know, like infuriating but also at the same time i think there's something about being a creator too where you also have to like respect like what you've done and why you're where you are you never really forget it and you're never ungrateful for it so i think you gotta look at it as like that's why i was then like you can be who you were then and like who you are now like and still appreciate like the stupid song you wrote when you were 18 or whatever because that's who you were when you were 18 and that's kind of like a tattoo it's that moment in time right right so i think that's how you have to like kind of look at stuff like that at least that's my my theory but no that, wow. that's that's fair and so like i i think i i don't know but at the same time it just feels like richard garfield you know he's like yeah sure i made magic and you know i'm gonna talk about it but yeah so that that's about as much as i know about richard garfield and he's got a unglued card well <laughs> well that's hot take number one but we gotta get to uh some more hot takes crim you have a hot took us yet give us hot give t- us a hot take you know believe it or not on the day of hot takes i feel like i i i don't have that many but i so like the one that i do have uh is universe is beyond um and and maybe the, and everybody's already like cringing right now and, and but like universe is beyond and magic's attempt at reaching outwards of just like you know their own ip and pulling in other things has actually been an overall positive. And I think it is actually one of the better things to have happened for the game. We, and one of those things that like that has willed in like into existence is the Warhammer precons. Right? Like I don't think we would like I know that it's not that different like when you think of like scenery art-wise, but like that's just not something that you would expect, right? Or like like something as simple as like uh the D&D stuff. And of course, you know, when like the Junji Ito secret layers, right? Like all these cool secret layers all these things um that i see like on the spheres of the internet that are people are very excited about right they're like oh my god like on the day they announced the junji ito secret layer i and many others jumped with joy and like it was really cool to see that level ex- of excitement so uh for for a product right and and so i think that universe is beyond and, and just Magic's reach for outside IPs has actually been a great thing for the game so far. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> well, it was nice knowing you, Krim. <laughs> Your Magic career is <laughs> and now officially I'll, over. Yep. <laughs> I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Says he doesn't okay. have a hot take. <laughs> Pro- probably the hottest take. 
I, I don't think you're completely wrong. For me, they're more hit or miss, though. There's things that I like about them. And I do think that compared to the hugely negative reaction we saw when they were first announced, that reaction was pretty wrong. And they're way better than that. At the same time, there's still stuff that gives me pause. Like the idea that Lord of the Rings is going to be modern legal. And for the next 20 years, we're going to have to deal with like those cards being in a really popular format. Stuff like that still makes me a little bit nervous. But I will say I feel much more positively about universes beyond now than I did back in the the early days. And that's in large part because Wizards fixed the, the supply issues, which was my big like concern at the beginning. The magic reprints of some of those things really solved my issues. So even if I don't like the IP, I'm, I'm kind of OK with them now. But what do you think, Richard? Where are you on? Universes Beyond. I, I'm on team canceled with Krim. I love Universes <laughs> Beyond. So I, I originally really dislike them because I, I, I think I think using other people's IP is weak, right? If you make your own IP, it's much, much better, right? Think of like all the random stuff you partake in because it's Star Wars or Marvel or something, yeah. right? Uh, but given that Wizards has been unable to accomplish this for like 15 years... Uh, the next best thing is to use other people's IP, right? They've, they've worked very hard to build up these characters, and now you can enjoy these characters in uh, your game system. Uh, so I actually went across this problem recently. I'm like, oh, I should buy some Transformer cards, right? So I was looking at them, but I'm like, wait, there's a Transformers TCG. Why don't I just buy that? But then like, I don't understand any of the text, right? So even if I'm never going to play my Magic Transformers cards... I at least understand the text and I can appreciate it and there's familiarity with it. So I will just buy those instead of like Transformers DCG. Um, and then that led me to buying Transformers toys and like random crap. Like it just like gets me down the rap wrong. I guess it's still Hasbro, so they win. But like just the inclusion here got Transformers on my mind. And then I bought some toys and I'm like, oh, look, there's a new Beast Wars movie coming out. Like, you know, it, it actually works, right? So it would be better if that was like Jace and Liliana. Uh, but the next best thing is I can just enjoy other people's IP in my game. So uh, I really like that. And Wizards of Stone Immersion, like, out the window the last couple of years. Like, Seth, is Gandalf any worse than, like, a monkey pirate that's, like, <laughs> yeah. beating you down? Like, we have, I like, mean, actual nothing. literal, like, apes throwing bananas or something now and Jumpstart. Like, what immersion is there anymore in Magic the Gathering? So it's not high fantasy anymore, right? It's... It's anything goes, so I, uh, bring on is, Gandalf. Which is weird, because it's not like Gandalf, and I, it still feels kind of like, we. Magic's been a multiverse, right? Yeah. So within the realms of what is a multiverse, it doesn't actually break my immersion at all, right? Because for as many realities as there are, like, like you know, like that, that could be something that happens in Magic, right? Like, I, I, I love me a good multiverse, so... <laughs> I, I don't know, like, it doesn't even ruin the high fantasy element for me to see, like, a monkey throw an ape at me. It just, like, how it doesn't <laughs> feel, like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, these things don't break my immersion, I guess. So, and, like, yeah, the secret layers and all these things can be hit or miss, as Seth has mentioned. But I like that they are able to do these things now, right? They can take the shot for a hit or miss. Like... I don't know what happened with, like, the astrology lands, but, you know, like, like why that was attempted. But, you know what, whatever, go for that as well, you know? There's a market for it somewhere. So, I, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I've loved a lot of what has been brought to the game since then. I will say that I think secret layers have been a huge win. I don't even know if that counts as a hot take, but I think just, like... I worry about the LGS aspect of it uh, with, like, Wizards selling so much stuff directly. But outside of that, like, having a way to print all these cool versions of cards that we just did not have a way to print before, which includes the universes beyond stuff, but also just, like, weird art styles. Like, I know you love the anime art. There's been some weird, like, uh, almost, like, psychedelic rock band poster art that we've seen the recently. horror movie posters. Yeah, horror movie. There's so much cool stuff that just wouldn't fit in a normal set. So even though I'm a little bit, like, uh, about how it impacts local game stores. I think that those have been a big win, but that's that's not my hot take, though. My actual hot take is, uh, <clears throat> hmm, I have a big list here. Let's, let's go with this one. This one's pretty hot. I think that Magic needs to kill off characters way more often. I, I think that we need to see more of the iconic characters, the the uh, Planeswalkers, the Jaces, the Elspeths. We got it. We need more change. We need these characters to actually die. Those are really exciting moments. And I think that Wizards is just way too hesitant to change. So we get stuck with here's the same Planeswalker for 20 years. 
kill them off. Give us fresh stuff. Like, have you ever watched Game of Thrones? Have you ever watched any show like that? Part of what makes those shows work is you never know what episode you'll turn on and see your favorite character just get, like, brutally murdered for no apparent reason. That keeps people invested. That keeps people coming back and watching. So I think we need more character churn. We need wizards to be a little more willing to uh, to kill the, the golden goose, so to speak, and kill off some of those characters. Funny enough, I stopped watching Game of Thrones after they killed my favorite favorite character. <laughs> stopped caring about Walking Dead when a certain character died. So, <laughs> hmm. so you would disagree then, probably. You you don't want to see the characters killed off then. And yeah, like I, I, it's just because like I don't know, like there's a character you invest in. Well. It's like when, like, in The Office, I think this point now, you know, enough people have watched The Office and it's gone on for long enough, it's not a spoiler. When Michael Scott left, that kind of just ended the show, right? Like, that was it for it's me. true. And I'm like, I mean, the show still technically was a good show. It ended well, I guess, right? For what is a TV show. But, like, I definitely felt my investment in it was gone. So... I can understand why they aren't killing a lot. And I can also see why you, like, you know... I could see your point in, in yeah. this too, right? Like it does make like the character more special, but m- personally my investment in it is gone. If the, the reason the, the anchor and the reason why I come back is gone. What do you yeah, think? I, I used to think like Seth, but I, I hard disagree now <laughs> because I think recently within uh, maybe like the last five years, right? Like, so you like, it's, it's, it's a very common thing. You watch a movie. Like why do all movies have good endings? Like, why does the hero always win? Villain always loses. I forgot what movie it was, but I watched a movie where the expected thing didn't happen. And, like, the main characters lost or died or whatever. And, you know, it was just a terrible, like, tragic ending. And I was so devastated after that movie. And, like, my whole day was ruined. My week was ruined. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Like, it, it was like an unexpected twist. And But I am so disturbed right now. And I don't know that I want to go through this experience anymore. Right? And this is the reason why they always give you the happy ending. Right, Even though you, you know it's coming, you can like predict it halfway through the movie. It gives you that, like I don't know, release and satisfaction. And then you can just move on with your life. If they give you the unexpected ending, it like really wrecks you. And then it's just unpleasant. So I would be sad if they killed Jace. Right? We spent so many years <laughs> building up Jace. And he just disappeared. Uh, what I don't want to do... Is the Elspeth thing or like what our oh, comic books love to do? That's the worst. Which is oh, kill yeah. people and then bring them back and like pretend it never happened or alternate universe Dying. or zombie yeah. mode or whatever. Yeah, you're like, this death has zero meaning. <laughs> Therefore, it means nothing. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think they should kill people, but if they do kill people, like keep you them gotta, dead. You got to keep them dead. Yeah, that. Back. Oh, that totally ruins it, right? Because then next time they kill someone, you don't take it seriously because you're like, well, you just bring them back anyway. Like this actually this big moment you're trying to make isn't really a big moment if you're just going to if you set the precedent that people don't really die and they're just going to come back in another form anyway. But And there are some dead planeswalkers, right? Like Venser. Yeah, only the ones I like. They they kill off the the planeswalkers (laughs) I really like. Well, because they killed them before you could like them. Good, good, good thing Seth doesn't like Nico Volus. I need, I need you to not like Nico Volus. No, Nico, I, I would vote He's, for Teferi getting killed just based on the impact no, no, it's had no. on all so, the formats. So you have but to Nico like. Volus is good. Nico Volus. He come back as zombie Teferi and oh, then be no. black, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, menace everyone. It's like, oh, what is that? Micaeus? Micaeus oh, came back as a zombie. Oh right? yeah. yeah, a blue black Teferi would be kind of cool. But I also always wanted a blue black Jace. What, what, what so, if he died and melded with nature and came back as a green? Oh, mono green <laughs> fairy. See, you know they say some things are worse than death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, green Ren, fairy control. Here we Ren, go. Ren, Ren into fairy. Yeah, he just melds yeah, with, yeah. with Ren. Ren, yeah. <laughs> Ren into fairy would be the worst thing I've ever heard of in my life. All right, let's keep moving forward. Richard, hot take us. Oh, okay. This is this is where I say we're not sponsored by Marvel Snap, but piggybacking <laughs> off of Richard Garfield, I think the actual person we should all be looking up towards is Ben Brode, who uh, made Hearthstone and yeah. then made Marvel Snap. So yeah. after snapping for quite a while now, Magic is showing its age. Like Magic feels like playing like a JRPG from like 25 years ago. Like, have you actually gone back and played a JRPG from 25 years ago? It is, like, so yeah. outdated. 
Like the game is like 120 hours long. You take like three steps and you do a random battle. Like it's it's stuff that was like okay at that time, maybe even great. Like I, I love those games, but now it's too old. So take this to magic, right? You open a new card, you can't play it because you need four of to put in your deck. Let's say you actually put in your deck. You see it in like one every five games, six games or something, right? Like you have to actually play test 20, 30 matches to see the impact of that card. It's so like not deck building friendly and like game loop friendly as opposed to Marvel Snap, which has like a 10 card deck or whatever. You, you, you put a card in, you see its immediate impact the next game, right? There's only one card per deck. So you open a card, you can build a deck around it. Uh, there, there's just so many things like you can play in two minutes instead of like 40 minutes. And then at the end of 40 minutes, you're not even sure who's the better player or like who outplayed who or what. Uh, you have to play good decks to climb. So Snap is interesting in that you can play a bad deck and climb still. Uh, so you can yeah. play your bruise and climb because a large portion of what contributes to the end of the game is uh, the snapping mechanic, which is like how much you wager. So like poker, right? So, uh, you know, when you have a good hand, you can go all in, but slow roll it to like maximize your gains. And when you have a bad hand, you can minimize your losses. Uh, so if you just do that really well, you can take a deck that only wins like 40% of the time and climb all the way up, right? So you're not forced to play meta decks or things like that. So like after playing all this and then playing Magic, it like feels so old like it feels like a game trapped from like 30 years ago right i don't know how they can fix this and what magic has actually been doing is just power creeping right but I, that's not that's not the right answer um so yeah i'm curious what you guys think about how magic's like core mechanic like even things like lands and mana screw kind of important to magic is considered a very old you know game design right like no new games do this anymore so like what do you think I, I like I kind of actually agree with that and I was having that discussion actually on my Twitch stream not too long ago that I think that for for somebody that has designed now two games that are absolute bangers, I think that Van Brode is doing something right. Yeah, like he is he's out there, he's making games that are just genuinely very, very enjoyable. And I I try to figure out what the X factor was and how, how come it, it is that way and it there is an element of like randomness that's added to all the games, right? RNG is often viewed as this miserable, like, no, no, none in my card game. But I actually feel like the randomness is why Hearthstone was originally fun. Uh, why, why Marvel Snap has like a lot of fun to it as well. And the simplicity of all these games are, are widespread enjoyable, right? Like I can show it to anyone, like, and they'll kind of just figure it out right there and then, right? Like it's pretty intuitive. Uh, so yeah, it, it, I can understand that, right? Like I can understand that view and I think that Ben Brode is making very good games. So like, I would definitely be keeping an eye on Ben Brode and what he does. And that's not just because, you know, like he, like Ben, Ben plays magic, right? Like Ben Brode plays magic. So it's not like he's never touched the game. Uh, and I genuinely just, I appreciate his thought process and, and like the things that he puts into the games. I, I like it. Yeah. Come come back to me in a in another year or two and, and let me know if you're still enjoying the simplicity of Marvel Snap. What I I don't know Ben Brode. Uh, I know that he's made these two games. That's all I know about him is you guys talking about him. I know that Hearthstone is kind of dying and everyone hates that game now. And I don't know if it's actually that good of a game. Like it was left. fun, like for a couple of years <laughs> when it first started, but now it's like if Until you look at magic stats on Twitch trending down, like Hearthstone is probably even worse over the last few years as far as just like how much that game is fizzling. And the only mode people play is Battlegrounds, which isn't even Hearthstone. It's like a new edition. But anyway, like, so I don't know. Hearthstone's not a selling point for me. And while I did enjoy Snap, I don't think it has a replayability for me. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't get far enough into it. But I'm genuinely curious if you think you're still going to be snapping for five hours a day, six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, or if it's like, one of those really fun addictive games that you enjoy but then after you do it for a while you're just kind of like okay like i already i did that i saw everything that snap had to offer when i think magic has that longevity that keeps bringing people back i agree with you that uh, 
it is sort of dated compared to the games being designed today. But maybe those things that like uh, the lands and the not being super random high variant stuff, maybe that's what has let it live for 30 years when these other games come and go in two years or three years or five years like Hearthstone. I mean, I, mean, I, I think the, the beauty of magic is the social gathering, which is what has actually kept it alive. Like it doesn't need to be that stellar of a game as long as it facilitates you getting together with your buddies and like just hanging out, right? Then it it has, you know, the means to be successful. So I think that is what keeps it going. Like I remember when Hearthstone tried to do their own gathering things where you would all show up and play Hearthstone together to try <laughs> to recreate FNM. Events? Yeah, yeah, right? Like that that is the secret of magic. But the actual core gameplay, I think, is significantly worse. Um and like, I don't know, Ben, ben Brode has got it. Like, to me, Ben Brode is, you should listen to Ben Brode because he's shown he can do it again. It's like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. You're like, oh, was it their team? Was it the coach? They left their team, went to a new team, won another Super Bowl. You're like, okay, it was that guy, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he's that good, right? So Ben Brode left Hearthstone and then Seth complains Hearthstone's not good anymore <laughs> because he left. And then he <laughs> yeah, went right. to make Snap and Snap is the greatest thing ever. So I would actually want to see Morrow leave magic and start another game and see like you know if you were not hindered by kind of the baggage and history of the game and you could take all your learnings and ideas and channel them into a new format like what would it be and if that new game is really good then he's a genius if not then he's coasting off the past success right so i i don't know i i think having like multiple hitters like the same hit, like he is not being overshadowed by Hearthstone, Ben Brode, right? He he yeah. has actually kind of moved on and, and created a second beast, right? So right, I I think we should listen to what he said. If he says if he says thousand dollar proxies are bad, we should listen to him. <laughs> if he says universes beyond are good, we should listen to him. I I trust in Ben Brode. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know Hearthstone. Then we trust. Hearthstone and Snap versus Magic the Gathering and Dilbert. I think if you put those side by side, it's actually pretty close. Well, you know, Dilbert was a banger. You know, it's so good. You know, like it, we're, we're gonna, I, dude, I need to look up how this game even like, <laughs> like, like you know how Magic copied Hearthstone. So after like years of sitting around, Hearthstone came out, and then Magic had to make Arena, which was essentially a Hearthstone clone. I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for Magic Snap. It's it's coming. <laughs> like we're, we're we're gonna get it. <laughs> Yeah, that, they've that, tried. I mean, they, they sure keep trying tried. and they keep failing, Spell right? Slingers. With yeah, all those yeah. mobile games, they just never, never really catch up. It's Why does not have the IP? If Snap was like generic fantasy Snap, like I don't think anyone would even try it, right? Like it, it had to have that strong IP as the lure, and that's and probably simple a enough good game, and simple enough so that little, little like Crimmy or whatever can can play it and regard and like also have you know their dad or or adult parent play it as well so, so like wizards hire ben brode then is that what we want is that the the future like could he come in <laughs> yo, and like bring magic yo, into the 2020s yeah well, yeah well, what would happen uh, you know what like <laughs> that's kind it of a wild if they give a free reign or not. thought experiment if they give a free reign then i think it would be great but I think part of it is like you're kind of stuck with the history, right? You're like, oh, you add universes beyond everyone like complains, right? But if it was a new game, no one would care, right? So you're kind of yeah. saddled with Magic's history. Uh, yeah, oh, you are oh. locked in to Magic. Yeah. I don't think there's anything you could do to, that, like you know, that like can control, like creativity wise. I think you've got to, you're locked into Magic, and it's like so, history, which is a good thing, which is still good. Speaking of antiquated games, chess. What do you? Mm-hmm think like people play speed chess now like chess like proper chess where you like actually have like unlimited time or like a very large amount of time is considered kind of like outdated and old and all the all the newfangled twitch streamers hit the they timer. all play speed chess yeah what what is like magic's speed chess mode like how do you red deck get a game in quickly such that <laughs> You know, when you die to RNG, you're not like, I invested like 59 minutes into this match and I died to a coin flip. I'm very upset, right? Like, if you only invested 30 seconds and you died to RNG, no one would care. So, what is Magic's like speed chess mode? I mean, currently, it's probably best of one on Arena. Although, I have seen a lot of pros talk about just like 
shortening the clock on things. Like, maybe that's a part of the game that actually is pretty outdated. Do you need to have Magic Online have 25 minutes on each side to complete a match? Do you need so many ropes on Arena? Do you need a minute on your first turn to decide if you should play a land drop? Like, maybe you could just speed a lot of that stuff up and you could do the same thing in paper. Like, maybe rounds aren't 50 minutes, right? Maybe rounds are 30 minutes. In paper, you could even literally play speed magic right couldn't you have a the same clocks they use in chess if you wanted to i wish that shuffle. were real <laughs> so yeah. bad i mean yeah like and the I shuffling like, part uh, and in chess it's your turn and then it's your opponent's turn in magic you have like interactions during your opponent's turn which would make it like kind of convoluted clock. yeah you need the, well, what's the minimum we can set that motor clock test should we play Ooh. speed moto <laughs> we, could, we could try it we could try it. it'd be interesting although the thing that's weird like Oh, that would probably really mess up the meta, right? Wouldn't that really incentivize you to play like red deck wins and not a crim deck because you need to win before no, your clock runs out? Actually, just like in paper magic and in online, you don't need, you just need to play fast. Okay. You don't necessarily need like to kill. Cause like oftentimes I still have like more time on the clock than most of my opponents do. And then I'm just like, you know what? I know you can't kill me in game three. So I'm just going to make you continue to make actions. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like I, and like in paper, it's very real that you attack the clock, right? Like, like back when it was like blue, white versus blue, white, you knew that like as long as you just played faster, it was fine. And that's when, I, that's when I got real familiar with like maybe like 20 to 30 seconds a turn. Right, like no, no ands or buts, just like thirty seconds, right? And I, I like that, and I was very aware. I, it prompted me to play fast. So, yeah, when I play online, I, I kind of run my head onto my table every time when, when I feel like I have to wait too long for somebody to make an action. <laughs> oh, poor Nasif. If we ever implement speed chess, poor Nasif, poor, poor Gab, poor Gab. Yeah. Uh, all right, Grim, you got a, you got another hot take for us? I do. Um, and I. This is maybe like not even a hot take or maybe it is or maybe it's something that's been forgotten. But you know what? On the on the topic of like a few things we brushed up earlier, I think that magic would be even more successful if it had a popular anime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as magic magic as I'm not talking about like just like a game. I'm talking about as an IP. Yep. Just like like when I I think magic as a household like just inner like entertainment or or fun series to go to like I'm talking like Pokemon why is that here why is Yu Gi Oh still popular right like I mean there have been some miserable metas in those games but you know what the one thing that was cool is that the people that love those IPs had something to allow them to still be in the world while not having to play the miserable meta. You know how much my, like my mental health, how much better it would be if I didn't have to play through Eldraine and I could still play Magic and like <laughs> like enjoy Magic. Like I would have been a very happy boy. But um, like I think that Magic would be this absurdly household like big t like household name if they just had a popular anime, and I, I it would give it the staying power. It would give it even more not not just staying power. Sorry, that's the wrong thing to say. It's more of just like. It would be bigger and in more people's lives. I mean, I agree. I think intuitively that's probably true that having a popular TV show is like going to make it more popular. The hard part is how does magic get there? Like that's that would be oh. my issue because Wizards like they've tried a lot of things as far as other games and other properties and most of them just haven't taken off. So it might be one of those easier said than done. I think you're 100% right. A popular anime would be huge for magic. But can is there a way to actually have a popular anime based on magic? Uh, that's what I'm not sold on. I think they could. They've already got the pieces in place. Like they literally teamed up with one of the best anime, like one of the like a pretty solid anime studio in Wit Studios, right? To make Kamigawa's okay. trailer, right? Yeah. So I genuinely think that they've already got the pieces in place, but yet they choose to somehow, or maybe they don't choose. But like the thing is, they are ignoring the like the 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 upside here like they're i don't know what this netflix tv show is i've mentioned it before and i feel like it's kind of fallen off to the wayside here but like this netflix tv show could be something amazing something great like you look at cyberpunk edge runners which was a show that came, an anime that came out on netflix and it brought the, a dead game to over a hundred thousand players 
and like back to number one on Steam for like wow. weeks. So then you have Arcane, which at this point has proven that it is a very good show. And League was already big, but League of Legends, the, the like there was already people talking about like you know more people playing again, you know, like or just people wanting to get into that world of League, right? And so if Magic just had a show. You know, like that would give people like more interest and in, like in being in that world. And it seems that- like it's no risk because like if your game show or movie sucks, your game's still fine, like Street Fighter right. or Mario or whatever. God, but if it does yeah. well, it's like a huge boon for your game. So other than like having to spend some effort and money on it, why wouldn't Wizards do this? Like even if it's a flop, Magic's still going to be what it is today. And if it's not a flop and people love it, that's going to bring a lot more people into the game, like you're saying. So they should try the flop is you right? lose a lot of money. <laughs> but, you yeah. see, but you see, you got to spend money to make money. You got to. Right? Yeah. And I, I agree with you, right? Like, think about MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. It they were literally bankrupt, resurrected by the, way. the whole Marvel brand, right? Like, right. who reads comic books aside from Krim? <laughs> it's funny, like, <laughs> no one, right? Like, 15 years ago. Yo, me like, and the four other people that still read comics are obs- upset. Very few, <laughs> right? And... How many bad Marvel movies were there before they actually nailed it and pumped out a bunch of great movies? And now it's like this huge thing. And, you know, now we play Snap because I watched it, Avengers Endgame or something, <laughs> right? I know who Iron Man is, right? And right, I don't right. read Iron Man comics, right? So, yes, you have to invest a lot. They should just take all the money from 30th anniversary, invest it in a show, right? And then if it flops, <laughs> Try it again and try it again until you crack it and essentially do what Marvel did, right? They took yeah. the comic book industry, which was dead, the collectibles, which was kind of dead, right? Took their IP and then channeled it into this new thing and now it's everywhere again. So, yeah, I think that- Netflix anime is super easy, right? It's much cheaper than making a movie. Uh, but, you know, keep trying it until you actually land it and you need to actually invest. You need to pay the money for the writers and the artists and the marketing and you need to not stifle them with oh you know but jace needs to be blue and he needs to cast counter spell you know it has to be a good standalone product with magic ip on top of it not you know some cheesy card game ad right right like like let it be its own thing and try not to make it just like Oh, make sure you include cards in there, and that they can buy it at the local, like you know, Target for three ninety nine. <laughs> like, like I, I, I think that this, this is something that, yeah, like Richard had mentioned, they, I, I worry that this Netflix show may not ever come out, and when it does, it's like got like no real writers or nothing is good on it, and the animation could be whack. So I hope that they actually invest, and like you had mentioned, like keep going even if it fails, because they need like once it sticks, it sticks. So I, I I don't know I I think this is probably not viewed as important but I I guess I think that the sense of like you know importance on this for me is I I think it's pretty high and I think Magic should treat it with a lot more respect and urgency than they currently are. Isn't there already a like a comic from Japan that is associated with Magic? I can't think of the name of it. Yes. People mentioned it to me. Could that just be made into an anime? And do you know the name of it? Because I I don't uh, know the name of it. <laughs> So, so the Magic the Gathering manga. Let me let me pull it. It's like a really long because uh, it, it's called. It's done in the style of like Yu Gi Oh, and I think it's called Destroy All Humans. Yeah, that's the one. That, that's yeah. the one people have mentioned. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so, can that just be a show? Can they just take these comics or mangas and just make a show out of them, or isn't it good enough? I actually don't know what the licensing is for this, but okay. like, sure, right? Like, cause, like, cause, I, I don't know if the manga itself. I don't know what licensing rights it has. Uh, I, I am just not familiar with that side of it. But if there is anything, like, yeah, like, or you can run that. You can, or even better, you don't make it like a card game, because then it will just be seen as a Yu-Gi-Oh two, right? Like, that's the last thing Magic wants to do. If they're gonna do this show, they go in and they just explore the world. Do not bring in cards. Do not bring in cards. Like if if Yu-Gi-Oh has locked down like a show about card games almost, right? Like I I I don't think that's the way to go about it. Just make your world cool. Richard mentioned like the whole like they've had their IP for 30 years and haven't made anything stick. This is their chance. Like this is legitimately their chance. I think this is the way they go about it and it, it's either in an anime or or a cart like 
Hasbro should know this too. Transformers being a cartoon probably helps as well, right? So they should understand that a TV show is important. All right, I got I got another one. Proxies should be more accepted in competitive formats. I think we've gotten to the point where proxies are accepted <laughs> in Commander, but hear me out. There's very little organized play right now. I know it's like sort of coming back, but it's definitely not what it was five years ago. Wizards is printing proxies and kind of legitimizing proxies. If I was running a local game store, why wouldn't I run unsanctioned modern events, unsanctioned legacy events, and allow people to play whatever they wanted to? What's the upside of me being sanctioned, quote unquote, at this point when there's not a ton of qualifiers? There's there's not really much upside to that. I think that that's what we should be doing. Like proxies are accepting commander. Let's bring them to modern. Let's bring them to legacy and let people actually experience these formats because being sanctioned is such a tiny benefit at this point. Anyway, there's, there's very little downside. I think. I, you know what? I would fully love that personally. Cause then the, if it didn't cost like a billion dollars, right. I would then probably not be afraid to play something that's not, I don't know, whatever tier one is, right? Yeah. I would not be afraid to take that out to tournaments, uh, try a lot more new things. Just like however, Arena, the same thing. Yeah. Like, if it's not yeah. super expensive, you can try your wacky brew for an event if you want to or whatever. But sorry, I didn't, didn't mean to. Cut no, you. that's true. That's true, right? Like, I wouldn't feel bad about, like, investing these as bad as it does. Like, oh, I invested these mythic wild cards or my rare wild cards, and now I have to play tier one. So yeah. I like that. I love that for, like, you know, mostly us, at, like, you know, like, the, the players and whatnot. Obviously, there ain't no way Watsy would allow that, right? They, there's just no way they would allow that. However, I would thoroughly love it if proxies were legal at Magic. And plus, like, you know what? People may not know, but paper tournaments, there's probably more fake cards running around than they think. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's true. What do you think, Richard? So we just run unsanctioned tournaments, and then your store would lose their WPN status. What would that? Because you know, they have to run like X events of X size for, you know, whatever on some interval to yeah. get WPN status. What does WPN status get them? I actually don't know. <laughs> like, I, I think promos. <laughs> you and, get some promos. That's and it. I think that's most of the benefit. Sometimes like, like all the product all the... comes from distributors, right? It's like not the same channel, right? You get so, bonuses sometimes. Like I think they sent every store a 30th anniversary edition pack or something. So occasionally there's things like that. But in general, your product comes from distributors. There might be some weird products that you don't get. What about pre-releases to. and stuff? Can you still hold them? Like, can you get access? That might be an issue. Pre-release might be the biggest thing that I think you would la- uh, lose out on most likely if you were not sanctioned. So okay, so I, so I don't think this would ever happen. But speaking of which, I think. Wizards is going to try to sanction Commander. What do you think about that? <laughs> so you, you can play at your local FNM Commander Night, and Ooh. it's now sanctioned. No proxies allowed. You must buy legit cards. <sighs> you think they're going to do that? And then if you participate in this, they'll send you, you know, like the NPR awards or whatever, <laughs> like the, here's a lightning bolt or something once in a while. Textless cryptic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ooh. right? Like, you think they're going to do, I think they're going to do that, actually. Richard, wow. stop. Stop. That, that's that's good. I don't I don't I don't I don't, I don't thought about this. <laughs> I don't I don't want that to happen, dude. That kind of people sucks. would be so mad. Oh, people that's would That's the logical step, right? Out. They're like, look, we're gonna reward players, our longtime players, rack up planeswalker points, get like X level, we'll send you like the next secret layer for free. Sanction tournaments at your LGS. I I think they have to do something. Because I think everyone, including Wizards, has to be realizing this too. But everyone's realizing that, like, sanctioned tournaments are really important to making people buy real cards. Like, if there's not sanctioned <laughs> tournaments, there, that motivation really goes away. There was a really good article on TCG Player talking about all this finance stuff recently. Definitely worth uh, looking up. It was something about, uh, did Magic kill the Golden Goose, I think was the title of it. But I would recommend it. But I think it's, uh, I think that's a very underestimated part of all this. Hopefully Wizards goes the other direction and just supports 60 card sanction play more, brings back a robust OP system. If they go the so other way and are just like, oh, Commander, <laughs> Commander is sanctioned now, would people accept that? Like when it comes down to it, couldn't players just reject it and be like, 
well, screw you, Watsy. I'm going to play whatever I want to, and you can't tell me what to do. Like, the command, you don't control Commander. I feel like that's what would happen. I feel yeah, like but it, that's why they bribe you with free promos. <sighs> right? Yeah. Like, you're like, er, er, earn Planeswalker points every time you go to FNM, and then we'll, we'll get you a, I don't know, a foil uh hedron archive wouldn't you be better off playing your proxy gaius cradle and buying the hedron archive promo from someone on the secondary market than like yeah but, but if everyone on LGS a is now playing sanctioned to get the foil whatever it could be anything it could be gold bordered black lotus seth everything is on the table now right but mm-hmm. they just got to incentivize most players to like if you have a legit deck there's no reason not to play sanctioned and get like free stuff, right? Yeah, so that's true. you just need to peer pressure the rest of the people to like, oh yeah, come to the LGS to play. We're not playing at home tonight. We're playing at the LGS. Get some real cards and then come, right? <laughs> uh, but I don't know if it would work I, at this point. I think players would reject it. I don't know if the promos would buy him off. But it, it would <laughs> fix the LGS problem. What's the reason for playing at LGS now? Yeah, nothing really, right? That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's not like standard tournaments are firing off left and right. So <laughs> no, like hmm. uh, currently, the only reason to go to LGS is Pioneer and Modern. Yeah, like that. That is and and drafts, right? And like like they do, but LGSs have been incorporating in open play, uh, like in lots of Commander Nights, and those have been doing actually quite well. But like, I I'm curious, like, does that if there's a store owner, does that bring you money? Yeah, are they? I like, wonder if they're charging like a table fee or something. Are you making people pay by the hour or something to go no, play there, or you that. just some places do that? I think, but, but are you like, just hoping I think the people hope is buy you just play there? And then if you need a something? card, yeah, it's very convenient to pick it up there. So you pick it up there, or but, but there there are people that play at their LGS and never buy anything. Never, yeah. Like, you know, they bring their own food. They buy their cards online, yep. and like, you right, know, right, can't make any money, right? But the idea is, you know, if I'm going to F and M for standard, and then I just saw the latest Saffron Olive Asian Avenger video, and they use the sideboard card, I'll pick it up at the LGS, and it's right there, and I can shove it in my deck, and I can play, and then like dunk on some people, right? Um, right. But Ooh, without wow. sanctioned play, we don't we don't need this. So no. should should LGS has sell proxies of expensive cards not counterfeits not counterfeits but like should you have a oh $5 boy this proxy is a cradle that, that someone can LGS supposed to make any money Seth, if we just give away cards <laughs> J- <laughs> they're only yeah. making money from mountain dew that's it yeah, that, yeah. honestly drink i believe yeah. that like like mountain dew and sleeves right like mountain that's dew. that's why like, would you if you only play proxies why would you use sleeves yeah yeah i guess that's <laughs> yo, hold on. I, I mean come no on sleeves. <laughs> you want to take care um, of your proxies come on <laughs> like like dude i i don't know i mean i am genuinely curious so if you are an lgs owner like does does having commander knights does that actually make you money like do you see an uptick in sales is it any worse than just having it be an open play area is there a point to having like a, a commander night. Like it's nice to have places for the community to go, obviously. But I'm talking about like financially as a business, does that get you money? And also, if you're answering this, what would the ramifications be of doing the unsanctioned play thing? Like what do you lose out on? Is it promos and pre-releases? Can you still buy product? What would the ramifications be if you actually did be like, oh, we're just going to go unsanctioned. If people want to play proxies in their modern deck, Whatever. I would be curious to hear the answer of that from the LGS perspective, too. Yeah, anyway. do do this for Legacy and Vintage. A lot of LGSs run, like, unsanctioned. Yeah. Uh, Legacy and Vintage. But vintage. I don't know what happens when you unsanction standard and modern. I don't vintage ever think for I've a long seen, time has done it. I don't think I've ever seen more than four people at a Vintage tournament. <laughs> in, 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 like, the, like, my LGS is, like, it's, like, yo... <laughs> <laughs> so they can't it actually just cannot be sanctioned unless you have like eight people so yeah <laughs> uh, all right so i think we each did two hot takes we probably don't have time to get into another one but i have a 
a fish mail question, Richard. This is specifically for you, and I want your take on this, because it refers to an episode of the Commander Clash podcast we just recorded. You haven't been there this season, but people still want your opinions on cards. So uh, we're doing this, uh, and this question is from Mardu Manser on Twitter. So thank you, Mardu Manser, for the question. We did a podcast about uh, the best one-drops in Commander, a one-drop tier list, and probably the most contentious card was Sarah Sendit. Is Sarah Ascendant still a good commander card in 2022? And that's what Marty Manser wants to know. I want to know Richard's take on Sarah Ascendant. It seems like it's very on brand for him. And then the type of decks he likes, it is a great card. So I'm curious if he rates it highly or if he also thinks it's unimpressive because it doesn't draw cards or generate value. It's just a big creature. So Richard, hot take on Sarah Ascendant. D. This card is that's it right there. I told you if you have a very specific deck or something, all this does is just gets you killed. Like it's not gonna win the game. It puts you down a card and it gets you arch enemy status immediately. So you get, you know, dumped into the ground. Like, why would you 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 need to somehow combo off and win or something with this immediately? Like this this is I'd rather just discard. Like, I'd rather just discard this at the beginning of the game if it's in my hand. Rather than, it's, it's like that sad bag soul ring, right? Like, you, you play this on turn six or something and hope you have 30 or more life. Like, Tomer is, like, like twitching somewhere right now. His eye just... He likes like, it? Yeah, we... So, Seth funny. and I... Are- yeah, we were the team anti-Sarah Senate, me and Krim, and we were not as harsh as you. We gave it, like, Bs or something. Yeah, yeah. Richard I, comes I in with a off. D. Yeah, Richard, Richard this, just... This, this is, like, reverse cursing yourself you're like not, not only did you go down a card into mana like you lost like 20 life or something because of this too like why would you cast the spell i mean it's a six six flying lifelinker on turn one yeah that Maybe. was the heart of the argument though i wow i'm surprised that richard came down so so much on our side i'll take that yeah. tomer. Like, like if you're playing human aggro combo or something i guess right but only only something like that right, right. you're planning on trying to end the game immediately with this very aggressive card but as a value card like no way right like it like it, it's i because my initial take on it is that this card is was once asked to be banned and i yeah. think that this card since then has fallen off yeah significantly because it just does not do enough for the hate that you get and on top of that it doesn't do enough in general it's just a decent card in a a certain deck yeah that's that's where i landed too like if i'm playing a life gain deck if i'm playing soul sisters i'll play it because it's on theme but i don't think it's a a staple that you just see him in any deck for the same reason richard said that this has to be the one drop that makes you the arch enemy more than any other one drop in in Commander, you slam this down and people are going to go at you. So I don't think it's like, worth like it. Like someone can Soul Ring and then you can play Sarah Ascended and you'll still get beaten into the oh, ground. And look, for sure. Play Sarah Ascended, <laughs> right? Like it's horrendous. It does nothing. I'd and rather it discard it. And it doesn't generate any long-term value. Like, sure, maybe you gain 12 life and hit people a couple of times. That still doesn't win you a game of Commander. That's pretty irrelevant in the long in the long game, really. So <laughs> you got to huh. combo. You got to like Sarah Ascendant. Into Teferi's Pro and Defelid your Guardian or something. <laughs> like, like, like you, okay. gotta, you gotta somehow like use this like effectively, but yeah. There this, ain't no way. This just this just doesn't do enough. So so that that's okay, cool, cool. Wow. Yeah, well, one drops need to ramp or draw cards or <laughs> or something. Well, I See? guess we kinda ended with a fishmail hot take, really. What is the general community? <laughs> the general community thinks this is good? The comments, I think, mostly supported Tomer and Phil, who were arguing in favor of this. Most people were still... Some people agreed with us, doesn't do enough or makes your enemy. Most people, though, were like, it's a 6-6 lifelinker for one. How can this card not be great in Commander? I I feel your win rate must be like 20% when you play this on turn one. (laughs) Like, there's no way. (laughs) Like, the the times you won with it are like, you dropped it on turn five after playing an Aetherflux Reservoir or something. (laughs) Like, there's like no way you can play this and get get away with it. It doesn't do enough. Ah. Nah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. playing Tar- like, Would you play Tarmogoyf? Command? You're like, oh, well, it's a <laughs> no. well-statted creature or something. Like, well, like, like what's this going to no, do? of course not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just not enough. Whew. Well, Richard, if people want to send in uh, fish mail for next week, how can they go about doing that? All right. If you need more hot takes from Richard <laughs> about Sarah, send it. Send them to uh, hashtag MDG fish mail on Twitter. And we'll get to your questions on air. We should we should do a cast that's just people giving Richard card names and, and giving him D's and talking about how horrible they are. 
Oh, Richard trashes good. your favorite card. We'll we'll that find a, a way. That would be a good cast. <laughs> Richard evaluates my favorite cards. I feel like Richard. I think Richard would genuinely rate some of my cards. <laughs> all right, like pretty all right. I feel like it. <laughs> Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of episode 410 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So if you're listening and you got some hot takes, leave us a comment. Let us know what your magic hot take is. Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic. So until then, everyone, have a lovely week. And this is a crew signing out. 